0: Coffeehouse Shots is sponsored by NatWest, the bank that's helping small businesses build back better and greener. The transition to net zero could create 130,000 new jobs for small and medium-sized businesses. That's why NatWest is aiming to lend 100 billion in sustainable financing by 2025. Find out more about climate support for businesses at natwest.com/climate.
1: Hello and welcome to a special Saturday edition of Coffeehouse Shots. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by Fraser Nelson, James Versaif and Isabel Hardman. Should you snog a stranger at Christmas? That's a question ministers have been asked this week. And here's the conflicting advice we've heard. Well, for what it's worth, I, you know, I don't think there should be much snogging under the mistletoe. Uh, you, you don't need to do things like
2: that. People can snog who they wish. You know, I'll certainly be you know, kissing my wife under the mistletoe. It's a Javid family tradition and it's got nothing to do with the, with the government who you uh, kiss or anything like that. But uh, the only thing is just, you know, there's guidance already out there and just be cautious and enjoy yourselves.
1: That was Therese Coffee and Sajid Javid in two quite different camps on the issue of snogging. Fraser, just to begin, when it comes to the snogging policy, what, what do you think it should be at Christmas time?
3: Therese Coffey was mocked for, for saying you should go easy on snogging strangers, right? She, but anybody who mocked her has obviously not been to Edinburgh at New Year. I mean, when you go down the Royal Mile, when the bell's going right, if it's lots of Happy New Yearing, lots of embracing, shall we say... And um, there might even be some snogging of strangers going on. I've
1: had friends who, when they go to Hogmanay Mm -hmm. at night in Edinburgh... They, it's a game to see how many people you can snog. Yep. So it is actually seeing if you can get into double digits.
3: I, I don't know in this COVID era, right, whether the, the Royal Mile at Midnight is, is different to what it once was. But certainly uh, when, when I lived in Scotland, it was snog central. Now, I don't know if that is what the government is is, is worried about. Because they, of course, you know, this is this Christmas party season and people will be um, you know, cheek by jowl together. But in generally speaking, what the government can't quite work out is what... Is how cautious are otherwise to be.
1: Yeah, James. With that, what aspect of snogging do you think most worries the government at the moment?
3: How uh, can does not get the question about his policy on snogging?
1: And also, while you're there, James, if you could tell us your policy on snogging strangers.
2: So I, 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 I think I think it's um, the government has got into. Answer it.
3: the question. <laughs> <laughs> is it part? Was it part of your festive tradition? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Katie? Where, where do you stand on this?
1: Having just got married, I'm trying not to snog any strangers. At least, you know, in the next few years.
2: No, I think the, I think the government have got itself into a total mess on this because it it all comes back to this question of they are caught between two things. On the one hand, there is the kind of Jenny Harry's view for which he was slapped down by by the government of saying, look. With this new variant out there, with COVID not gone, why isn't everyone just exercise a bit of caution and self restraint this Christmas and be guarded about who they see? Where does Knocking Strangers come into it? Well, because, because Knocking Strangers is like the ultimate example of the kind of of a kind of raucous office Christmas party spirit, if you see what I mean. And one of the things the government's caught between is that the hospitality industry is obviously very pro-snogging and pro-full-on Christmas, because it worries that if the government says to everyone, be cautious, be careful, places will cancel their Christmas parties, people will decide to kind of just stay home, do less stuff. And for a hospitality industry, which has been kept going largely by kind of government grants, is running very low on cash, if they lose Christmas... That is traditionally how most pubs and restaurants and hotels get through the fallow month of January, is that they've made enough money at Christmas that it doesn't matter. Obviously, if a government gives off a vibe of, you know, everyone be cautious, you will see lots of places cancel Their office parties. You know, we've seen you know George Freeman, the the science minister, suggests he's going to have his office Christmas party on Zoom, which sounds like a a new form of hell. So I think this 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 is why the government have got into this mess. And then I think there's also the fact that there is this slight issue, which is that that when this subject comes up, you know, everyone is very keen to kind of stick their oar in. So you've had Sajid Javid announcing his views on 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 the matter, and all the like.
1: Isabel. You're welcome to give us your policy on snogging, but also when it comes to mixed messages, why is it that we're having ministers almost go out there, freelance, say a bit much and then get knocked back when it comes to party etiquette?
0: Yeah, I mean, I find it funny because I don't think I've ever heard people say the word snogging uh, this much in in my entire life. Back in my heyday, uh, if you use the word snogging, that was a sign that you weren't doing very much of it. No one serious actually uses the word snogging. So anyway, aside from that...
3: I should defend Therese coffee here.
0: Yeah, Therese. I mean, <laughs> but I'm sorry, Therese coffee. That's that's not a slur on uh, how much fun she's going to be having this Christmas or anything like that. But um, I think one of the the problems is a reluctance from Boris Johnson to disappoint people, which is one of his personality traits. He always wants people to to feel like he's the person who's sort of giving them the the best giving them the the good time I think it's also an understandable reluctance to be judgmental of people's personal decisions about snogging or otherwise Uh, I think it was quite funny that Sajid Javid said it's not the government's business who you kiss which in normal times is entirely true but for the past year and a bit the government for large parts of that year and a bit has banned casual sex you know, lots of people haven't been getting any during this pandemic because you're not allowed to, you weren't allowed to socialise with people outside of your bubble. And so it has been the business of government, not just who you snog, but who you do other things with as well. And uh, also quite hilarious from the incumbent health secretary, given he got his job because his predecessor was caught snogging. So I think there's there's a lot of different factors at play in this awkwardness over seeming to be too strict, which is what Downing Street are worried about, and then ministers feeling either anxious about the implications of the Omicron variant or just being put on the spot in a television interview uh, without the briefing from Downing Street because of Downing Street's reluctance and making things up as they go along. That's always the problem when you don't have a firm briefing is that You get pushed and pushed by a television presenter and you just end up saying something and starting to talk about family traditions under the mistletoe as as Sajid Javid has.
1: Fraser, when it comes to Omicron, what do you think we need to look out for in terms of what could make someone like Sajid Javid want to bring in tougher restrictions or change the guidance on something like snogging? Can you see a path to that happening?
3: funny well, it's funny, as Isabel says, Sasha is adopting the position of a, of a liberal here, saying it's not the government's concern to decide you to do this, that or the other, where his predecessor literally made it illegal to, to basically to kiss or to even go and visit your girlfriend if you weren't living with him. And during the pandemic, there were you know, huge amounts of, of great heartache caused by couples who basically were, were legally prohibited from even holding hands. So he is trying to talk about a new regime, and the way he sees it is that the lockdown ended in July, but that was quite controversial. But in sticking to that deadline, the government allowed the virus to spread for a bit during the summer when the health service could cope. As a result of that, we are now protected. As a result of that protection, then we're not doing um, lockdowns for the unvaccinated like um, the Germans are considering and the Austrians. We're not like the rest of Europe. We can keep Cam and carry on as normal. So he will take the view that a country which has got ninety. antibodies with the boosters which are seen to be working so effectively, and Britain is doing very well with boosters, we're doing uh, uh, the second in Europe after Ireland and getting boosters into people's arms, that we don't need to be living in fear of a new variant. I will say this, that this time last week we knew that Omicron had arrived in Britain with two cases. I had expected that too to become 20, to become 2,000 by the end of the week. So I'm a bit surprised that we haven't seen that exponential increase. I imagined that if Omicron was as contagious as people said, it would soon account for most of the infections in Britain. And there are about 30,000 infections announced today, probably many more taking place. So we are not yet clear how fast Omicron is spreading. We do know that if you're, like, for example, take the spectator office party, right? Now there'll be no snogging at that, needless to say. But it makes sense to take a lateral flow test before that party because you do not want to be the person who who basically puts everybody else inside for 10 days. And I think the government is giving that advice. Take a lateral flow test before you go to a party Simply common, simple common sense. You might have been vaccinated. Doesn't mean you haven't got the virus. Doesn't mean you can't give it to somebody, and you would do it out of respect for the other people that you're going to be with. I'm going to to, to, to Jeffrey Archer's birthday party, for example. I've been invited by. I'm greatly looking forward to that. I think it's his um, 83rd. I'll be testing myself before. They're not asking for COVID passes, but simply, I think we're in a stage now where the implications of you getting COVID are so great for the people that you'll be meeting that as a matter of courtesy, it makes sense to test yourself a bit more regularly if you are going to show up to a party. So I think the government is quite right to give that advice. Although I think it's interesting to see that Sasha Javid will basically, it's almost as if he defines success in keeping the country open and snogging through Christmas. I mean, that's the way he's positioning himself, where Therese Coffey is taking a more cautious approach that Boris Johnson certainly has taken in the past.
1: James, just on the self-isolation, it's been interesting this week that ministers haven't ruled out the idea that people could be self-isolating on Christmas Day. Now, clearly, if you have COVID, you'll be self-isolating. But we could be heading back to a pandemic if you think about if Omicron does spread and the rules stay as they are, those rules that MPs voted on are in place for several months when it comes to self-isolation.
2: Yeah, you had a rebellion of 32 Tory MPs precisely, I think, for that reason, because they were like, well, hang on a second. If the concern about Omicron is that it is more transmissible than the previous strains such as Delta, then... Omicron will become dominant at some point soon, Uh, you know, maybe early January or something like that. And then you are back to the pandemic, where if you happen to have contact with someone who then tests positive for COVID, you're then off for 10 days. I mean, the worry is that that caused a lot of problems in schools. It caused a lot of problems for hospitality because people were very reluctant to go out if they were liable to kind of get I think this is problematic, and I think that in a way, while we're caught in this holding pattern, as we wait to see how. To my mind, the the fact that matters about Omicron is: do the vaccines still prevent against hospitalisation and serious disease? I think if they do, then I think that you can you can essentially carry on as now. If they are considerably less effective, that's when things, I think, become very, very
3: difficult. We're not going to know that for weeks, are we,
2: James? Because if, if you're going um, to do the studies... I think two to three weeks. Right, but well, you, you think we'll, we'll get firm figures? I, I, I don't think they'll be firm, but I think South Africa will begin to give us a decent idea. Like everyone, the, the, yes, South Africa has a young population. I mean, think I think the average age in South Africa is like, like twenty-seven And
3: hardly any pensioners have been found with, with Omicron. In yeah, Africa. I
2: mean, there's one. I think one sixty-six year old. I read. I think, that, but there are old people in South Africa, and I think we will soon enough get some level of information that will allow us to know whether it does or not i think mean, the most the most to my mind the most encouraging thing at the moment is how confident both oxford and biontech are that their vaccines will still essentially prevent against severe hospitalization even if they aren't as effective in terms of preventing against infection with this new variant
1: And Isabel, just finally, when it comes to, I suppose, the Christmas party season, the NHS, we've been hearing a lot from figures involved in the NHS, that they're already under pressure. Do you think there's going to be a push from that side for, you know, tighter restrictions or even guidance when it comes to how we socialise over the Christmas period.
0: I mean, I think throughout this pandemic, understandably, medics and bodies representing medics have have erred on the side of caution because they see the impact of rising hospitalisations and so on. I think if you've got these very powerful images of ambulances queuing up outside A&Es and so on without that many COVID cases uh, going into hospitals, then if that then changes as a result of Omicron, and we still don't know that yet, then it does give credence to those arguments from the medical establishment, from figures within the NHS for uh, greater restrictions. And Boris Johnson, I mean, look, it's it's very difficult to take Boris Johnson at his word on this because in his press conference this week, he said he thought it was extremely unlikely that there would be another lockdown uh, along the lines of those that we'd seen uh, over uh, the past Year and a bit, but I don't know how many people would have listened to that and thought, "Oh, okay, I can relax now because he said that before." Pretty much every lockdown.
3: Yeah, when the Kent variant arrived of this time last year, we saw it first of all because hospitals were filling up, and that was a sign that it was really quite serious. People were wondering why when you found out there was a new variant that was a lot more transmissible. We haven't quite seen that here. This time around, we've um, made the discovery first, so it is if if you're looking to be optimistic. The Omicron might not be as bad as feared then you would look at the the failure of the figures in Britain to to kick off. But I would give it two or three weeks before saying anything right now. I mean, I've sort of cancelled my own Christmas travel plans, simply because just too much. The whole world is going to be wondering what to make of this, what to do. And as we've seen in, in Germany and in Austria, some countries are taking really quite radical steps. I think there's going to be a lot more of that to come before anybody reaches a settled place about lockdown policy, let alone who to kiss.
1: Thank you Isabel, thank you Fraser and thank you James